Hello and welcome to the Brology Podcast. I'm Austin, aka G.I. Joe, and I'm here with Ryan, aka Yori Bobovich. Hey, you need whore? I get you whore. You need backpack for camping? I get you backpack for camping from whore. <laughs> and this week we are talking about one we hit on the old podcast, so and you may have already heard of it, but this one will be different. The Outlaw Pass. Yeah, so for anyone out there that's not familiar with the Outlaw Pass, so this particular incident took place between February 1st and February 2nd, 1959. And basically it was a group of local university students and one of their professors going out into the Ural Mountains trying to, you know, just go for a day hike. One thing led to another and and they all died. Dead as shit. <laughs> And nobody knows exactly why. Even well, to this day, and it's fucking, what, 60 years later? 60-something yeah, years later? I mean, later. hell, the, the Russian military actually opened up a new investigation back in 2019, concluded in July of 2020, and they still inconclusive. A lot of theories, but nothing conclusive. A whole lot of fucking theories. Now, they came out with a new documentary recently where they said... That they believe the cause is the avalanche, but a lot of that, it could be an avalanche. Some of them could be an avalanche. I don't believe that necessarily all of them could be an avalanche because the yeah, way their bodies, bodies are spread shit, out you know? and a whole bunch of shit. Like some of them weren't buried. So it's like, well, if it was an avalanche and they didn't end up buried, then the fuck, right? Yeah. So, yeah, shit gets um, a little bit sketchier the, the deeper you actually read into it, right? So what it was is... So you have these nine students, right? Originally it was 10, but one turned back early on uh, because of medical reasons. But it was all organized by one man, Igor Dyatlov, right? Who was a uh, radio engineer at the uh, Polytechnical Institute. And he got, you know, a bunch of his classmates together. And like you said, like one of the professors that was also a, um, he was a grade three hiker, right? Which grade three is about his high of a rank as you can possibly get in this era of Soviet Union. It was basically like a badge of honor among like mountaineers and stuff to be able to get to that grade. Yeah. And everybody involved were already grade two. And this hike was supposed to be like just a fun expedition to be able to clock the, the hours that they needed to, to be able to say like, okay, Hey, we're grade three. And just, you know, they're supposed to just be a good, good old time, man. Yeah. And even in a lot of the pictures you see, like, that they took before the death, obviously. Like, they were having a good time. It was just like a bunch of teenagers kind of uh, partying and having a good time, like, during the trip. Yeah. But, anyways, so, I guess, you want to go, I guess we should give a breakdown of, like, what actually happened. Yeah, so, um, they they leave out of Polytechnical, right? They end up just south of the uh, Ural Mountains. They arrive there by train. In, on January 27th, right? <clears throat> Left out the next morning to head towards uh, Gora or Torton, which was their destination. That was the mountain that they were actually trying to summit was Gora or Torton. And um, like I said, on January 28th, one of the members, Yuri Yududin, who had um, several health ailments, including um, arrhythmia and stuff like that, he was just like, no, this is going to be too strenuous on me. It's going to be hard. I won't be able to keep up. So he turned around and went back, just leaving the uh, 
the rest of the hikers to basically continue on. Diaries and cameras and everything found in and around where their bodies were discovered later made it possible to kind of track most of the expedition, like just kind of when, where, and how they uh, moved towards the northern Ural Mountains. But even then, most of the actual day-to-day is pretty speculative. You know, they didn't really keep very detailed notes. It was just kind of like, hey, we made it to this altitude today, and oh, hey, so-and-so found a cool rock. Like, (laughs) you know, what wasn't a lot. Um, to really go off of and that's one of the big reasons that the military and their police and the russian military and police and everything else have never really been able to come up with anything conclusive when it comes to this incident is the fact that they're just it's it's just one of those weird things it's like they're here one day and they're gone the next and there's not really an explanation yeah after they leave the village they kind of go whenever they're going back out they kind of like lose their direction and they end up kind of deviating off the path they were supposed to. And they went more west towards the top of the mountain. And whenever they realize their mistake, they just kind of decide to set up camp. Yeah, the weather was changing. Um, th- and that happens in the mountains. Anybody that lives near or in the mountains know that it can go from clear to shit storm in a second in an absolute second right it was they picked that time of year and and that particular those particular days because it was supposed to be fair fair weather well as fair a weather as you can (laughs) possibly get it's pretty much kind of like seattle how like yeah it it, it can go from being sunny to raining in 10 minutes yeah and so all of a sudden this big winter storm starts rolling in And they just say, fuck it, right? So they know that the winds are coming from the west, so they make an educated guess and decide to camp out on the east side of the mountain. Only problem is they weren't where they were supposed to be. Instead of being on um, the summit of Gora Torton, they were actually on the eastern slope of Kola Shekel, which was... I'm glad you could pronounce that, because I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on Kola Shekel. And um, they could actually see their destination from the peak of this mountain. Like, they they were right there. They could see it in the distance. It would have only taken them one more day to get where they were actually supposed to go. Because, like Austin had said, they kind of drifted off the path a little bit. But, again, if you've ever gone hiking anywhere in, say, the Sierra Nevadas or the Rockies somewhere with big, wide open expanse of mountains and stuff, it's real easy to kind of lose your way because you might look at a a topographical topographical map and say like, okay, it looks like this is going to be a pretty much a straight shot from here to here. And then when you get there, all of a sudden there's crevices and streams and all kinds of crap you can't really get around. And so then you're like... "Ah, fuck okay so we're gonna have to go x amount of distance this way and up here and then back down and you can get kind of turned around if you're not staying on top of your directions and one of the crazy things about where they ended up is they were less than a mile hike back to a tree line where they should have camped considering the weather yeah but i guess it takes a while to hike a mile in this kind of weather like it's not easy to hike a mile in a fucking snowstorm. No. And other experienced hikers that have reviewed the the findings from the investigation and all this, they're kind of on the fence about why they chose to bunker down on the top of the mountain. And the only thing that most experts can think of 
is that they chose to do that because, like Austin said, you're expending a lot of resources and a lot of energy and everything else. So if you hiked back down the mountain to get into the tree line, well, then that's just going to add more time onto your next day's hike. And if your supplies are running low or if you've already burned through more than you thought of and everything else, you might try and say, okay, well, let's just try and hunker down here. That way we can just head out in the morning. Yeah, we might have to dig ourselves out of the snow a little bit, but it's worth it to not have to hike back up the mountain, especially if they didn't know how bad the storm was actually going to be. Yeah. Okay, and now the mountain they set up on, they it they were kind of on the side of it, so they kind of, like, the group tried to dig into the mountain and set their tent up, like, a little bit underneath the snow to kind of make, like, block from the wind and block from the more snow pouring down. I don't know what you'd kind of call it. It'd just be, like, they pretty much just dug it out, put the tent there to prevent a it's lot It's almost of like the- a snow lean-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you would. Yeah, say instead that. of an igloo, you're basically turning it into a small snow cave to kind of protect you from the uh, the winds and everything. Yeah, and so, anyways, as far as it goes, they they were all kind of set up together to camp. Now, I guess, I mean, that pretty much sums up that portion of it. Yeah. So now we'll kind of get into the deaths. So five bodies were found with no injuries. That really led to their death. Like, whenever they looked at the bodies, they're not like, no, they definitely died by this. But it, it, a lot of it, they just pretty much guessed they were dying of hypothermia, like the investigators. Yeah. Well, but then whenever they started actually like diving into and examining the bodies, they found out that they had like skull damage, chest fractures, and even one of the, um, I guess you'd call it like a coroner or whatever. Yeah. Whoever investigated said that some of these damages that were on the victims looked like they had been in a major car crash. And that was the best guess he could do it or guess it to because there was no external wounds. Like there was no, you got hit by like a fucking baseball bat or some shit like external damage. It was all interior damage. Yeah. So <clears throat> you ended up with a lot of inconsistencies with body placement, you know, what kind of clothing they had on, injury patterns, everything else. It it was very bizarre. So there were two that actually did make it back down the side of the mountain and into the tree line. And when investigators were looking at the crime scene, it looked like the main tent had been ripped apart from the outside. It didn't from the outside initially. Their initial investigation looked like an animal had attacked it and ripped it open. And um, it wasn't until they discovered um, a a camping knife that they changed their story. And were like, okay, maybe they cut their way out. But again, it was very jagged and rough and everything else. And so they're thinking, okay, they did it in a panic. And originally, that damage that they saw, they thought maybe it had been a bear or something that had, had stormed the campsite and driven them out because the two individuals found down in the tree line were almost naked, basically. Yeah. Like they were just, you know, they, they didn't have any of their winter clothes on. They were barefoot. Um, they, one guy had one shoe on. Yeah. And, and so they were just like, yeah, something clearly attacked the camp and they ran to try and find some kind of cover. And investigators happened to notice that there were branches broken off of trees leading up to the bodies at heights that well exceed anything a human could have reached. 
Yeah, and like there was like pieces of clothing hanging from it, and pieces of like flesh and shit hanging from it. Yeah, and like the top of the trees were like burnt. Yeah, so that that, that kind of leads to some conspiracies with that portion of it. Wherever you get to, people thinking that could have been like Soviet Union dropping bombs or UFOs, shit like that. All kinds of crap, right? And um, so then you also had several bodies found in and around the main campsite, and those was, were, in general, there was five bodies at the main campsite, mm-hmm. and they found those first. The other four bodies they didn't find till. What was it like three or four months Later. afterwards? Yeah, until basically the the spring thaw. Yeah, and uh, like what two were found near a small um, stream stream, but it's like it, it, it it's a melt of, stream basically that yeah. forms when the the winter snows start start to recede. Uh, so it's not like they ran there to try and I was gonna say, get yeah. water because it wouldn't have been there at that time. What the I guess the gist of they believe happened was. That they tried to like burrow their way into the snow to try to protect themselves from the elements, and they dug too far down to where, because the time of year the snow was already kind of starting to slowly melt. So whenever they dug down in there, they dug too far and they got to the stream, and everything just kind of caved in on top of them. Yeah, the the area that they were in, even with the avalanche theory, wouldn't have made sense how covered in snow that they were actually at that point. Now, granted, it was several months after the fact, and so you would have had some pretty severe snowfall that would have taken place between that time. But even then, like they were buried, buried. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the way it ends up like being six members of the group died from hypothermia and three from actual fatal injuries. Yeah, and is that's, that conclusive? Yeah, that's what Austin talked about with the the car crash victims. Basically, I mean, you had people missing their tongue, missing their eyes, and you know, you can make the argument that it was like, oh, well, it was just local wildlife that was digging, uh, you know, eating parts of them or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that in this part of the mountains, in this part, time of year, there's not really wildlife out and about in that area that would have been able to do this. It's not like there were crows sitting there, like digging out their eyeballs and everything. They were buried in the snow. Nothing was going to get to them. Yeah. But yet they still had, again, missing tongues, missing eyes, missing, you know, these horrible, horrible, like scratches and burns and cuts all over their body. That wouldn't make any sense. Even if it had been an avalanche, where was the debris that would have caused these injuries? Yeah. And it says they died six to eight hours after their last meal. So chances are they got woke in their sleep. And there's a bunch of traces like from the campsite that shows all the members kind of left on their own. Like they wasn't attacked by people, but there was no indication of like anybody being anywhere near them. Like I know one of the theories is about the, what is it? Manzi? Manzi people. And, um, but they still wasn't even really close enough by where this happened at for them to even be able to like be considered. Yeah. And even then it's like, so the initial theory that the Mancia people were the ones responsible for, that was just ignorance, right? Like anytime somebody goes disappearing anywhere where there are local tribal people and everything else, they're like, oh, well they clearly did it because they wanted to attack outsiders. But it's not like these people, it's not like the Monsi people were, were like 
outsiders. Yeah, like they weren't like these backwoods, like Amazonian tribal men that have never seen another human being other than their tribe in like, you know, hundreds of years. Like these people actively traded with the Russian people. Like they were more, they're more aligned with like modern day Mongol nomads than they are with like 14th century like Native Americans. Yeah. You know, like, and even so these people aren't like just wild tribesmen that are out there running around in a fucking loincloth that'll just beat you to death with a club. Like for all intents and purposes, they're pretty civilized. Like they were no different than, you know, any other like uh, Inuit group that you might bump into in and around the Arctic circle, you know? So it's not like anybody goes camping up in Alaska and then they're like, Oh man, you got to watch out for those Inuits. They're going to get you, man. (laughs) You know, it's it's just absolutely wild, but it does raise another kind of spooky theory, right? Because the particular mountain that they ended up um, camping out on, or the one that they were heading for, right, Gord Torton, I can't, I couldn't find a, a really accurate um, translation or like pronunciation for what the actual Mansa people call that mountain but basically it translated to the mountain of death and the local monster people did not go there and then even then the mountain that they ended up dying on cola shekel in the actual monster language literally translates to do not go there no like (laughs) and it's because they believe that those particular that particular area those series of mountains was almost like the aztecs shibulba right like it's like that was the land of the dead right like like bad spirits that weren't allowed to travel to the afterlife would be damned to wander around the tops of those mountains in the freezing cold and so they just they didn't fuck with those mountains so it makes even less sense that they would have shown up to massacre these hikers because they didn't fucking go there (laughs) like they literally named the place don't go there and then it also gets into the theories that they believe about the abominable snowman being there and the Yeti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, as far as the, the local tribesmen are concerned, like when uh, investigators and everything else started doing interviews with them to try and find out, like, if they had been in the area or anything like that, they were like, no, we don't go there. The ghosts will kill you there. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, what if, man? What it, if these kids were camping out and all of a sudden a bunch of old Inuit spirits showed up and just fucking rape the shit out of them <laughs> now even the investigator said the force of the blow had been way too strong to be caused by a human being because there was no soft tissue damage it was all like forceful strong blows like you said it looked like they got hit by a car or maybe an avalanche could have caused it because snow is heavy as fuck yeah very heavy so if you're getting hit by a couple thousand pounds of snow, it's going to look like you got crushed or hit by a car or some shit. Absolutely. And so the avalanche theory does kind of make sense on some of the accounts, like the people that took certain damage. But as far as like how they ended up half naked and shit like that, it it, it just yeah, it just doesn't make sense because even if they we're trying to out number one, you're not going to outrun a fucking avalanche. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to outrun a goddamn avalanche. Most avalanches move down the side of a mountain at, you know, 40, 50 plus miles an hour, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about thousands of tons of snow all just moving in one mass. It's going to pick up a lot of speed really fast. And they just 
they weren't buried in that way. If you actually look at the the you know, I say crime scene photos or whatever from it, it just looks like they kind of got buried under a kind of a light night of snow. Like, yeah, it's buried a little bit, but it's not, it's not like, like an avalanche. Yeah, it's not like an avalanche. They're they're not just straight up buried. I mean, I've seen photos from like big avalanches that hit in, you know, like Aspen and shit like that. And, and seeing how far down people have to dig to get to the survivors and everything else. Nothing like that here. Even like smaller ones, it doesn't even look like a smaller one hit. No. It just looks like snowfall. Snow. Yeah. And considering this was a few weeks after it happened before they found them. Exactly. Like, in the middle of winter. Yeah. Like the snow's not going anywhere. It doesn't add up. Yeah. But they end up stopping the investigation in May of 1959. And they were sent to be filed in the secret archives. Yeah. that And that's the thing is until 2019, none of the documents were ever allowed to be reviewed ever again. Like once the initial investigation was over, they were just like, nope, these kids died. We don't know why. And they just filed it away and would not let anybody look into it again, which obviously anytime something as seemingly benign as this all of a sudden becomes classified and top secret, obviously everybody's going to come out of the woodwork and be like, okay, but why? Yeah. Why are you sealing it away? I thought these kids just died in a snowstorm. Why are you sealing up the records? Even in 2019, they said it's still being considered uh, avalanche, a slab, avalanche, or a hurricane, which I've never heard of a hurricane up there. But I don't know much about the northern part of Russia. So. Yeah, I, I mean, a snow cane. That's, you know, <laughs> that's weird. Now, they do have things that uh, happen in areas like that, and they're called this thing called catabatic winds. And basically what it is, is you end up with these huge weather fronts that just sit up on top of a mountain and it's just the air is just sitting there getting colder and colder and colder and denser and denser and denser and it literally forms like this shelf of incredibly cold dense air and then if like in this particular case like a a winter storm or something moves through and all of a sudden this huge mass of just cold dense air get starts getting pushed off of the tops of the mountains they can rush down the side of a mountain with the force of a hurricane and can really fuck people up. There's a video that you can actually find online of one that hit just last year in the Great Smoky Mountains in the middle of summer. Well, spring, anyways. Like, it was warm out, right? So you had all these hikers going out, and they're getting up to the top of some of these mountains, and then this kind of storm hits a little bit farther north, and it pushes one of these air fronts and the next thing you know these people that are up there in like jogging shorts and fucking t-shirts are getting pummeled with hurricane force winds that are so cold that like icicles are forming like on their clothing and stuff and they're just trying to get down off the top of this fucking mountain in spring so imagine middle of winter and one of those hitting you be cold as shit that's for fucking sure oh my god dude it would (laughs) fuck you up so bad like, I'm telling you, if you ever get the chance, look that video up, man. It's wild. These people are just up there, and they look like they're getting ready to run a marathon in the summer, and they're just up there hiking, you know, jogging on the top of this mountain, and all of a sudden, just fucking icicles, man. <laughs> ain't no fucking way, Like, man. people trying to, like, hold on to trees and shit so they don't get blown off the top of the fucking mountain. Like, that shit's serious. 
But I guess before we get into some of the hardcore theories, I just want to kind of put this out there. Now, people go to visit Dyatlov Pass a lot these days, but it's not as snow-covered as it used to be. Like, in the summer, it just looks like a fucking the wild, pretty much. Like, yeah. trees, grass, everything. It's just tundra. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, they have they have a whole fucking memorial dedicated to the nine victims that's there. And people can go camp where they were camping that day. But, like I said, it's grassy fields and shit. Yeah. And even even to that point, like, there's not a lot of people that risk going into that area in the winter, right? Like, you got to be a hardcore mountaineer to attempt that in the first place, which is, you know, what these kids were trying to do, right? Like, they were trying to prove their mettle and be like, look, we can... We can do this. We can get this this you know hiking grade, and realistically, it's insanely dangerous, right? Like going into the North Ural Mountains in the middle of winter is on par with saying that you're going to go try and cross the Sierra Nevadas in the middle of winter on foot, or like scale some mountains in the Himalayas. Yeah, like you just you you got to be pretty hardcore and know what you're doing. So I guess now we kind of get into the wild shit. Yeah, the real crazy. The good crazy. Well. Good and bad crazy. Yeah, good and bad crazy. Want to go ahead and get in on the Yeti? (laughs) The fucking Yeti. The fucking Yeti. Okay, so they, during some of the pictures they took, there is a picture that looks like an unidentified kind of man that's kind of a distance away from him. Have you seen the picture? I have seen the picture, yeah. So that kind of brings up the theory of the Yeti, which if you don't know what the Yeti is, we'll do an episode on that in a few weeks. Imagine... Bigfoot, but he's cold. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. If you don't know who Bigfoot is, go listen to the Bigfoot episode. If you don't know who Bigfoot is, what do you what 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 stickers do you even put on your Jeep? I mean, I don't even <laughs> like what the hell. <laughs> and we're not talking about the cooler. Like, we'll go ahead and get that. There's not a cooler that came and killed him. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> well, I guess have you seen how expensive those are? That would give me a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they believe that the Yeti. Kind of just went in there and completely fucked their camp up. And yeah, I mean, there, there's really not a whole lot to the whole Yeti thing because it's no. And it goes back into the whole Moncia tribe stuff and everything else. Because like I said, you know, they they believe that there are these evil spirits that live up on the top of the mountain and will fuck you up if you go there and everything else. So they don't fuck with it. Well, they also think that that entire area is dangerous for a number of reasons. One of them being now they don't call it the Yeti. The Yeti as a name, and we'll talk about that in its own episode, has nothing to do with any kind of tribal history. Like, that shit was made up out of whole cloth, the name. But the the Mancia people basically just call it the Snow Ape. And they really do believe that there is a giant man-like ape that lives in and around that area of the Ural Mountains that will defend its territory very, very violently. Yeah. Yeah. And they say the... In traditional like folklore the yeti is not as nice as bigfoot bigfoot will kind of leave you the fuck alone you know unless you you know you're fucking with him while eating beef jerky and (laughs) but the yeti won't the yeti will fuck you up yeah okay so i guess the next one we'll get into is the infrasounds which that has a legit like it's got some legit points to it yeah that one makes actually has some legs so it what the infrasound is, it's kind of like a radio wave type thing being sent out. And it produces a sound that induces panic in humans and just kind of makes them go crazy. Yeah, so the science behind it is that it's such a low frequency sound 
that your ears can't detect it, right? Like our ears just aren't built to be able to perceive sounds either above or below a certain sound uh, frequency. But what this does is because everything on Earth has resonance, which we should 100% do an episode on just resonance. Like that shit, that rabbit hole gets fucking deep. Yeah. And that's not even a conspiracy. Like that shit's legit. It's proven. Yeah. I mean, Nikola Tesla, he made the the earthquake machine, right? Based off of like ambient resonance of objects. And so what will happen is, is that the sound is so low that it actually causes the it, it hits the same frequency and resonance as your brain tissue. And so it literally causes your your gray matter to sit there and vibrate. And so it can cause of audio and visual hallucinations. It can cause euphoria. It can cause anxiety, panic, fear, like depending on how it's making your brain shake. It can induce all kinds of reactions, and they've done studies up in and around Dyatlov Pass where the rock formations and the way the mountains are shaped and everything else, at certain times of year, at certain speeds of wind coming from certain directions, they've detected infrasound in that area that is pretty close to what would be needed to be able to really kind of fuck with your head, especially if you were in the dark. Up on top of the mountain. In a storm. In a storm. (laughs) Hearing this, uh, having this shit affect your brain for hours and hours and hours, it could could make you react in dangerous ways. Yeah. Okay, so next, I guess we'll kind of get into one of my favorite ones that I believe is possible, but that's because I don't like the Russian military, too. (laughs) <laughs> well i mean who does right now even the russian <laughs> even the russian military doesn't like the russian military right now speaking of that you heard that they're having to try to make three hundred thousand men join the military because like nobody's joining now well that's the whole thing right and like a lot of them are trying to flee out of russia to avoid it like because like it, carfuls of people leaving russia yeah and vladimir putin's still like it's not a war and then so like everybody in russia's like then why are you drafting us if it's not a war, why are we getting drafted? Before we get any further, fuck Putin. Fuck Putin. Like, please, somebody. Somebody out there. Just just go fuck him. Just just fuck the shit out of him. I mean, he used to be a good leader. like Or a strong leader, I should say. Not a good leader. He's never been a good leader. He's he was just, a strong leader. He's a strong leader. Yeah. Now he's a fucking douchebag. He's just a crazy old man. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, so they believe that the Soviet was practicing parachute mines, which during the late 1950s, this isn't abnormal. I mean, hell, even nowadays, it's really not abnormal. But they believe that the Soviet Union was dropping these parachute mines and obviously the campers were woke up by these loud fucking explosions. And they just tried to run to the woods to take shelter because they're kind of in the open area where you would normally practice some missile shit like this because you're not going to do it in trees and shit just because it causes too much destruction and damage you're going to do it in an open field so obviously all these people are going to try to run towards the woods and shit and whenever they heard the fucking bombs going off they would have been like yeah let's get the fuck out of here i mean yeah get out of here as quick as humanly possible and this kind of also explains like the burnt treetops and like shit just kind of being everywhere maybe even like some of the injuries like from, from, like, the, the force, concussive waves yeah, and everything, the, yeah. From the force of the impacts, and it's really got, like, a lot of legitimate reasoning behind it, but the only thing that kind of kills that is there's really not a whole lot of external damage to these people. 
Yeah, no burns, no shrapnel, no nothing. And on top of that, the original investigators didn't find craters or anything like that nearby. But, you know, if they were doing military exercises out there, it would explain why they classified everything. And not just that, there were also other people hiking on a different mountain that saw orange lights in the sky that night. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, it kind of gives it some credence, but... There's just not enough raw evidence to be able to say like, okay, yeah, that definitely happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously if they had, they were using like radioactive bombs, that kind of leads to some credence because they had radio or they tested positive for like radiation and stuff on their clothes. Yeah. There were two corpses, the two that were found in the, near the stream. No, I thought it was the ones near the tree. It might've been the ones near the tree were, yeah, were radioactive. And that's also where the burnt tree was at the mm-hmm. top. So And they weren't just like kind of radioactive. Like they were pretty radioactive. Yeah. It, but the thing about it was just their clothes. Like there wasn't really radiation on their bodies. Mm-hmm. But then also that kind of dies back to there was also two people on the crew that actually helped clean up uh, one of the nuclear events going on. Like they, they helped clean the nuclear power plants and shit. So yeah. that kind of you can kind of dismiss that away a little bit. But the amount of radiation that was found on their clothes was like the equivalent of what was during like Chernobyl yeah, and stuff was, like like it, it was a lot of fucking radiation. Like, yeah, it's it like it, it threw up a lot of red flags. If they like, wouldn't have died from the trauma that was inflicted on their body. They would have fucking they might not have died, but they'd have gotten sick. Yeah, they definitely would have gotten sick from the amount of radiation in their clothes. So and that kind of leads to. Though the one that most people kind of sign off on as far as like what happened, and that's aliens. So, you know, like aliens, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, like Austin said earlier, there was there were other group, there was another group off in the distance on another mountain that saw lights in the sky, you know, and it wasn't like oh, these were flares, it was like they saw lights, UFO type motherfucking lights, lights. yeah. Orange lights dancing around the mountain and everything else. And they only saw them on the night that all of these hikers died. They didn't see them any of the nights before or any of the nights after because those particular that particular group was out there for the entire week. Yeah. They were already there before the the Otloff crew showed up and they were there after they left. And this was like during the time. So obviously they don't know where the fuck else they would come from. No, like they during the time when these people were killed, died, whatever the hell you want to say. Yeah. And like I said, they saw the weird lights. They heard weird noises off in the distance and everything else. They were actually scared. Like they were thinking about packing up and leaving because they were seeing all this shit off in the distance. And we're like, mm, maybe we should get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, what would you do? Let's say I mean, you were camping in the middle of the fucking Blue Ridge Mountains or some yeah. shit. Like, and you just see these strange-ass fucking lights in the sky. Hearing weird noises and everything else. I'd be like, did did you bring the acid? Or <laughs> did I did I bring the acid? Did we take acid? Did, did we take acid? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably want to get the fuck out of there. I, I might not pack up in the middle of the night, but I'd definitely hunker down and just be like, please don't probe me. <laughs> just let me get through tonight, and then let me just get out of here. Don't Don't come down and probe me. But no, you can definitely probe me. I'm cool with it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so with the alien theory, that's where you get a lot of your more, like, outlandish kind of ideas on what happened. But, you know, 
that's where people are kind of drawn on this one because like we said you have people with weird injuries that are only internal right there's no external injuries but their bones are crushed but there's no abrasion or bruising on the on the skin or anything like that and so they're like okay you know fucking aliens oh you got these people that they're they look like they've gotten the ever-loving shit beat out of them and they're missing body parts and everything else but again there's no debris or anything that would have caused these injuries aliens you got (laughs) treetops that are burned and people that are radioactive that are half naked in the middle of the woods aliens (laughs) like it's just anybody that's like a big time alien guy would see all of this and just be like well yeah yeah of course i mean look at people that believe in aliens like it could be a legit possibility, like, if yeah. you look into this, like, with one of your consensus being, like, like if everybody knew aliens would, it, like, existed, that could be a legit thing. Yeah. Like, that. that's the thing, because a lot of it adds up. A lot of it makes sense. And maybe it was aliens. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the fucking lizard people. Or the crab people. I hadn't heard of the crab people. The mole people. I've heard of mole people. Or the British royal family. Lizard people. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> lizard people. Uh, what if Putin was a lizard person? No, I think he's got a tiny dick. I feel like lizard people would have a big dick. So you think he's a mole person? Because they could like, cut it off and then regrow. He is kind of short. I think he's a mole person. Might be a mole person. He could be a mole person. Dug his way up, joined the KGB, bringing all of his mole bullshit up to the surface <laughs> world with him. No, I got to admit, like Vladimir Putin, he's done a lot of badass shit like in his time. Yeah. Like before he became prime minister. minister. But now, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, dude. So, out of all the things that we've talked about on this, which one do you really... What do, what do you think actually happened to these people? Uh, there's so many possibilities like of what I think it could be. Like, I personally think it's a combination of stuff. Like I've always really liked the military one because it makes sense. Like You know, if they're dropping bombs on the side of... The mountain, it could cause the avalanche and it could cause a lot of the injuries and stuff. It could, it could make sense for the burnt treetops, the radiation. Now, like I said, the whole tongue being cut out or like being ripped out, the eyeballs, there could, the wildlife could have done that whenever everything started to melt. So I can still see that, but I believe it has something to do with some type of force because, okay, the avalanche, a lot of ways people believe it is they believe that the avalanche was caused because where they dug out to put their tents and it just did like the sheet but the thing about that the fucking tent was still in the same location like that's what kind of bothers me yeah so with that being said i think realistically i believe it could have been from the military trying to conduct some some type of missile test or i guess parachute mine test that makes the most logical sense to me because the concussive impact maybe part of or some of them could have died from the avalanche but everybody dying from like different things i feel like that's the most likely scenario yeah personally or definitely the yeti that works too oh yeah <laughs> that'd be the coolest one <laughs> yeah go team yeti man but um so i think i'm i'm with you i think it's a combination of things so in my in my heart what i think happened is i think these people were set up on top of this mountain I think that this storm started rolling in from the distance, right? So you're you got these winds that are cutting through the mountains and 
you are getting the infra infrasound, right? So it's starting to affect these people's brains. They're getting paranoid and maybe they're not thinking straight. All of a sudden the storm gets closer. It pushes um, that air wall off the top of the mountain. And so it starts rushing down. So now all of a sudden they're just, they're getting beat the fuck out of by these high winds and just absolute freezing temperatures. And they don't understand why, because nothing's happened yet. They're seeing weird lights in the sky, which could also be an effect of just the natural environment there, right? It's kind of like bog lights and shit like that, where just certain environmental factors can cause weird shit to happen in the environment, in the atmosphere and stuff like that. So now... Like the northern lights, pretty much. Yeah, and shit like that. And so now, all of a sudden, you got a group of young adults that are... Their brains are getting messed with by weird sound frequencies. They're getting the ever-loving shit beat out of them by high frozen winds. They're seeing and hearing shit. And they just fucking panic, man. And freak out and try and just get the fuck out of there. And all of a sudden a combination of things start happening, right? Like now all of a sudden you got these people that are running half naked through the fucking woods and you know so they get frozen to death you get people that are trying to run the other direction well now this huge um fucking uh catabatic wind is pushing all this snow so there is a small avalanche and a small avalanche comes down and catches the people that didn't make it to the tree line and does fuck them up but it's just not enough to bury them but it's enough to knock the living shit out of them and then for them to just die of their wounds they might have even been able to been alive long enough to kind of dig themselves out and that's one reason why they weren't as buried is because they weren't so buried that they couldn't kind of get themselves out a little bit and then still succumb to to the weather like honestly if i had to guess i would say it was probably like a mixture of everything right like just a a, a wrong place wrong time there was just enough shit going on all at the same time that it just kind of it overwhelmed them and they couldn't they couldn't deal with it or you know a bunch of old inuit ghosts showed up and raped them now how do you explain like the burnt treetops and the radiation i'm thinking i i cannot explain the radiation i have no idea i do not have a theory for that nothing but I do know just from what I saw, even just in Michigan, right? When I was living in Michigan, right? Like there were be, there'd be days that you could go up to like the upper peninsula on the northern side of the Great Lakes. And if a bad enough winter storm came through and the winds were high enough and it was cold enough, the trees would look like they had gotten set on fire. And it was literally that the trees had like frostbite. And so they would look like they were burnt. But it was just from such high, such cold winds just consistently hitting them for just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It it would look like a forest fire came through. Yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily the case there, but if there was a bad enough windstorm that, you know, like caused these um, catabatic winds, maybe. Yeah, maybe it frostbit the the trees near the exterior of the woods. I think my most believable theory, they went up there to have a giant-ass orgy. You know, these two girls were just going to get trained. It was a bunch of college kids. Yeah. And, like, maybe 
one of the dudes like whipped out like this huge dick and it just scared him. And everybody and they all ran. took off running. <laughs> they all took off running. <laughs> and they died. Or, you know, the Yeti could have shown up and just been like, hey, I'm here for the party, you guys. And everyone was all like, no. He whipped out his red rocket. <laughs> and that just confused them. They weren't used to that. You know, that's the kind of stuff you see in Moscow, but not at goddamn Polytech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they to this day, they still have no definitive answer for what happened. They just say it's... um unexplained yeah. well what's the terminology the exact terminology they uh it's like unexplained natural forces yeah unexplained natural forces was what ended up doing them in unexplained natural forces they just you know and that sucks man that sucks to to go out in the middle of nowhere die and have everyone just kind of shrug their shoulders and go man that sucks and just move on right like it sucks to not have like a definitive answer as to what happened to them you know yeah like, that's just sad. That's like, you know, anytime, like, a woman goes missing and then they end up finding her body, like, next to a river or something, but then the case goes cold and the killer never gets found and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's always a bummer, man. Like, you want justice for these people, you know? Or at least an explanation. Something that somebody can go, oh, okay, this is what happened. So at least it can't happen again, right? Like, I wonder how much wild shit like this has happened, though. And just nobody ever knew about it? Yeah. I'm Dude, I'm sure shit like this used to happen all the fucking time Especially like back in, in explorer days you know like like when people were you know trying to find like the northwest passage through northern canada and stuff like that like expeditions went missing all, all the, the time. time and so god knows what kind of wild shit you know got seen or heard or anything like that in like these really remote areas by people you know well that's like even with the whole christopher columbus like them seeing lights and shit in the sky oh yeah saint elmo's fire yeah like, that shit's wild, and that was before we had any type of technology. Right, yeah. But, you know, Columbus... I mean, I mean fuck if you Christopher read, Columbus, but... <laughs> yeah, and if, and if you read, like, his diaries and shit like that, his journals, or like the, at least, like, the crib note version, where it's, like, the highlights, that dude saw and heard all kinds of shit. So it's like, I'm not sure how mentally stable he was as, like, a person... Because, you know, I mean, he's this is the same guy that saw manatees and thought they were mermaids. Where it's like, no, that, that looks like a cow. That looks like a water cow. I don't know <laughs> what. I mean, I guess he was just drinking all that navy proof rum that he, you know, it's like. Well, you also got to look like this is before you know about a lot of the stuff in the ocean like we do today. Doesn't matter, man. I don't, I, I just, I, I don't, I can't buy off on that just because even as a little kid, when I saw a manatee the very first thing I thought of was, that's a cow. Somebody let their cow into the water, right? Like, there's no confusing it. You're just like, no, that's a cow. <laughs> yeah, but let's say you go, let's say you go into like, okay, we'll get say Northern Russia, and you just see some wild ass shit that you've never seen before. I mean, it's going to be a little trippy because it's somewhere like very rarely explored, stuff like that. You get what I'm saying? I, I don't know because I feel like if, if let's say I'd been raised in a fucking bubble, right? And you just dropped me off in the middle of Africa. And then I saw like a giraffe walk by, I'm not going to be like, Oh shit, that dude's got a really long neck. I'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a weird looking horse. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But You don't know what a horse is. Well, I'm saying in this, in this scenario, <laughs> like I don't know anything about African animals. So like no. no rhinos, no hippos, no giraffes, no fucking, um, like ostriches. 
shit like that. Like, I'd still be like, oh, look at that big, right. weird chicken. Or I'd be like, speaking of ostriches, look at that, look at that cow with a big horn on its nose. Speaking of ostriches, I got bit by a fucking ostrich when I was a child. Did you? Went to the zoo and we're on the bus that little rides through. And yeah. A fucking ostrich bit me on the arm. Did you hear Boots and the Ginger fucked an ostrich? <laughs> no. Yeah. Would have had to have been a sick ostrich, though. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. be able to just fuck a healthy ostrich. But yeah, and then like, you know, with their whole, them being half undressed, I mean, that makes sense with the hypothermia because you kind of start to hallucinate. You feel like you're on fire. Yeah. But it's... Have you ever come close to... uh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It fucking sucks. It really fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. I Fuck that, man. Hypothermia is fucking brutal. I remember one time uh, we were doing a training exercise and it was fucking like, I think it was on like fucking four... It was probably like 40 degrees outside, like just enough where it's not fucking able to snow. Yeah. But it's like pouring ass rain and we were outside and dude, like I shivered for like two hours after I got back in the Humvee. It was just like, like I couldn't do shit. Like my body was like shivering so bad. Like it was almost like I was having a seizure. Like I, ever since then, I told myself I will never deal with cold weather again. I will always be fucking prepared. (laughs) Like... Always wear layers, man. Yeah, like, I mean, you can take off as much as you want, but if you ain't got it, you ain't fucking got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am the champion of wearing way too much to go out when it's cold and then ending up with, like, a back seat full of fucking, like, thermals and shit just from being like, okay, I don't need this layer or this layer. I've acclimated. This is all I need. Now I got backups if I need it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, ever since then, I'm like, fuck the cold. <laughs> Hell, it really fucked me up, man, especially as a kid, like, because I still remember the very first time I ever even saw snow, because, you know, growing up in Miami, I don't don't see, yeah, I don't know what the fuck snow is, like, I've seen pictures of snow, it looks nice, but I do not understand it, right, you know, and so I get on a fucking plane, it's like 85 degrees and sunny out, I get off of a plane in Detroit, it is 34 below, I was not prepared, you know, I'm like 19 maybe, and I just did not have the foresight to check the weather or anything like that, so I'm on a plane in like board shorts and a Tommy Bahama shirt and like flip-flops, and I get off the tar- the plane and like I'm looking around the terminal in Detroit and like everybody's in like parkas and snow boots, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck me, man, there's like three, four foot snow drifts out in front of the fucking airport. I had to buy a whole new wardrobe in the fucking airport just to go hail a cab. Like, I was so fucked. <laughs> it was, oh God, it was brutal. It, I never really did acclimate either. Like, it, it, it's, it takes a long time to, to get like prepared for that weather, like mm. to get your body used to it. Yeah, it's insane. It, it, and it's fucked up because it's like, I remember as a little kid, you know, if it got in the 70s in Miami, you know, everybody be out, like, all those kids would be out there in jackets and shit like that. And then, like, there's, like, this one kid, Eddie, from <laughs> fucking Buffalo that we'd all be out there in fucking parkas. And he'd be out there in a fucking wife beater and shorts, like, I don't know what you guys' problem is. not cold. Yeah. you like, fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I even remember, like, um, whenever, fuck, I don't even remember where we were. But, like, during the fucking daytime, it was, like, 100, 110 degrees. At nighttime, it would cool down to, like, 90, and you'd be fucking shivering because it's so fucking cold, just because of 20 degrees drop. Like, yeah. It's it's fucking insane. 
Oh, fuck yeah. Plus, you know, humidity will do a lot, right? Like, so it's like people would be like, what are you talking about? You have to wear a jacket in 70 degree weather? And it's like, yeah, 70 degree weather with 100% humidity. And so it's just like, it's cool and wet. Like, so it's just permeating you. Like, you can't. Dry heat will fuck you up too, though. You'll be like sweating like a lot and you won't even be able to tell. Like, your shirt will be fucking dry. Yeah. Get dehydrated fast as fuck that way too. Hell yeah. That's why deserts fuck you up. Fuck the desert. Yeah. That's a different beast. Speaking of the desert, I finally got to see uh, fucking Thor Love and Thunder. Because, you know, it opens with Christian Bale in, like, the middle of that desert and everything. I don't... I had a lot of people tell me it sucked. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It wasn't as good as Thor Ragnarok. No. But it was good, though. That's a hard one to beat, though. Oh, yeah. That's a real hard one to beat. But this one was good, man. I didn't. I don't understand the hate. I don't, a lot of people were like, oh, it just felt rushed and it felt kind of sloppy and blah, blah, blah. I thought it was fine. Wasn't the best one. Wasn't the worst. Doesn't, definitely wasn't the worst one. No. Of all the Thors, it's right behind Ragnarok. You know, tier list would go Ragnarok on top, then this one, then the original, then Dark World. Dark World's the worst one. They talk about making a new Hulk movie? Maybe. They got the, the She-Hulk show. Well, no, the reason I was asking is because I saw something about they're trying to cast somebody for the Red Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah, well I'm sure they you know they'll eventually have to do Red Hulk and Grey Hulk. So yeah, eventually, like to keep everything moving, you know. And then now we got the whole like Kang the Conqueror story arc getting ready to pop off. That's gonna be great. Have, did you see the ad for Deadpool three? I haven't seen the ad for it yet, but I heard it's like 2024. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Jackman's coming back to play Wolverine. In it. I saw that on the cover picture. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's just like. You know, Ryan Reynolds sitting on his couch just being like, yeah, you know, we got to make every Deadpool stand out. They all got to be unique. And, you know, so we really dug deep on this one to try and come up with something great that would really make Deadpool 3 stand out. Yeah, and we got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Completely. He's like pointing at his head. He's like completely empty up here. Nothing. And he's like, but we did have one good idea. And then you see Hugh Jackman walk through the background and he's all like, hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine again? And Hugh Jackman's just like, yeah, sure, whatever, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I still think they need to do him and Tom Holland in one. Oh, yeah, they got to, dude. That that whole fucking weird bromance between Deadpool and Spider-Man would just be fucking comedy gold. It'd be so good. Especially just seeing, like, fucking Tom Holland be pissed at fucking Deadpool. <laughs> the <laughs> like whole a- <laughs> time, yeah, just constantly like pissed at him. <laughs> It'd be fucking hilarious. But anyways, anything else you want to add, Ryan? Uh, other than fuck Vladimir Putin. Definitely fuck Vladimir Putin. And if you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a five-star rating. Even if you don't like it, a five-star rating would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, leave comments, reviews, helps move us up the charts, help people find us, help people find out, you know, what our opinions on dinosaur penises are. Yeah. Yeah. Big ones or small ones? Uh, like dinosaurs or penises? Both. So, like, tiny dinosaurs with big dinosaur penises and big dinosaurs with tiny dinosaurs. Do you think a T-Rex has a big penis or a small penis? I bet that motherfucker is huge, dude. But he's got small hands. Exactly. It'd be really fucked up if he had, like, a small dick and small hands, because then he couldn't play with himself. I don't think he could anyways. Unless, you know, he's doing that whole thing like a dog where he's got to get down there and, you know, clean himself. (laughs) But no, if I had to guess, I'd say, I mean, have you seen T-Rex's hip bones? Those things are fucking huge. I would imagine there's definitely something. I'm sure he's dragging. You know maybe, what I'm saying? Maybe he just like rubs it across the ground or uses his tail. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
How did we get on fucking dinosaur masturbation? That was that was one hundred percent you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank y'all for joining this episode. Be sure to check us out. Check out our previous episodes. Check us out next week. What are we doing next week? You know offhand. Uh, you'll find out next week, week. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure to like us on facebook instagram twitter tiktok everywhere and be sure to check on john's mom one day this week yeah we we need a community effort out there to everyone to drive by put some water in her bowl maybe yeah. feed her a mcrib or two yeah you know we had to move her outside she got too large and with this hurricane, we kind of had to have some people help us turn her back over because the force of the wind kind of flipped her over. But and it did pressure wash that really moldy side of her now. Yeah. So, so now now it's just that one specific side that was on the ground during the hurricane. Yeah. But, so, hey. So if anybody's got a pressure washer. Yeah, feel free to stop by. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys for checking us out. We'll catch you next week. Laters. Later.